tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello there, Strain fans! Welcome back! To the Strain After Show here on AfterBuzz TV, we're about to take a bite out of season two. I am Matt Lieberman, and we are talking about season two, episode one, BKNY. Uh, join me on the panel all season long. Back again, Mr. Zach Wilson. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, good to have I'm you back, excited. Zach. And uh, on the board, and in our hearts, and in our ears, Mr. Stephen Lemieux. Hey guys, how nice. are you, pal? I'm happy to be back. This episode was freaking awesome. It was great. Uh, Jackie Borowski is back this season, not here this week. We love her. We miss her. She will be back. She will come in uh, out from the foie. <laughs> she will come in from the foie and uh, be warm and toasty with us as we talk about the Strigoi all season long. Now, this episode was a supersized episode uh, packed with lots of little details that we're, gonna, we're just going to pour over and we're going to give tons of predictions about where this season's going to go. Uh, none of us have read the book, correct? The second book? No one here has. No one here has. No sans Jackie Borowski. Yeah, Jackie is the one person on the panel who's read any of the books. And I know that season one was supposed to closely follow the first book. And that seasons two and three are supposed to comprise the second book. Okay, um, interesting. So we're getting the first half of book two here. Uh, let's let's talk about this prologue, which was directed by uh, series executive producer and book co-writer Guillermo del Toro. Which is awesome. Fantastic. I didn't know it when I started watching, but as soon as I saw that in the credits, of it, course it was it Guillermo del Toro. It made a lot of Toro. sense. Yeah. yeah. It felt... It, it, it felt different, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just because it was a flashback within a flashback. Um... But it just like had a unique feel within the series. Yeah, it the, felt like a fairy tale. Well, it felt the way that he stages scenes. You're right; has a very kind of fantasy element mm-hmm. in the way that they're staged. Um, the the scene in the cave with the Strigoi and with poor what was it? Saruk was the name of the of the master's human body. Did anyone remember. catch it? I believe oh, so. Oh, with the um, the big guy. Yeah, the giant. Uh, Yusuf. Yusuf. Okay, um, so he uh, the scene between the two of them I felt was almost shot a lot like the Riddle Game in the first Hobbit movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, mainly just because there's a really skinny, like pale, like off-colored skinned guy hunching yeah. over. Who stuff. I totally thought was Doug Jones, like because I knew going in that this part was directed by Del Toro, and I was like, did they get Doug Jones for just this like one little thing? And, <laughs> no. Um, but it was great. It was it was creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt the the way that it was portrayed. It felt like a story. It felt like a fairy tale being told to a kid. There was a as dark as it was. As mm-hmm. much as there was like murder. Because like if you get into the like old fairy tales, like the original versions of most fairy they're tales, terrifying. they're horrifying. Yeah, they're, they're like they're the Brothers Grimm style stuff. They're 
messed up. So this felt really like that. Like there's like uh, like there's a lesson to be learned, except that the only lesson to be learned here is the world is terrible mm-hmm. and you're gonna get eaten by vampires. Yeah. Uh, we also got uh, a few pieces of key information. It's a smart way to set up this season because first of all, it humanizes the master. Uh, it lets us know that this was once a person. He was kind. He didn't want to be this way. It makes our our hero's quest to kill him a little more complex. But we also learn that masterhood and being one of the ancients is something that can be passed from body to body. And we know that because of the union of uh, the ancient ones, kind of uh, worms, and the and uh, our big giant fella's body, he has this predilection for children that's super creepy, and leads to a whole class, or a whole school of blind kids being stolen and turned into strigoi, <laughs> into super strigoi that can see in the dark. It. Terrible. So, do you think because they didn't really clarify it a hundred percent? So, when the uh, the creepy golem version of the master mm-hmm. passed on his essence or whatever to uh, Yusef's body, yeah, is do, do his like memories and stuff from the golem life stay intact? Yes. Yes? Yes. I I mean, I can't say for certain because I haven't read the books, but the way it is to me, what kind of I'm believing is that it's, you know how it's kind of like the mental link they said with the ancients? The master is basically a mental link with all of the worms included in him. Hmm. So he's basically not, he's not really transferring his bodies as much as he's just transferring his consciousness into the next order, which is all of his worms in this body. That's something interesting because it, it kind of makes you wonder if you have such a high concentration of worms within you, are the worms like a hive mind? Because the ancients are a hive mind. They are all connected at any given time. So are there anointed worms? Is it the amount of worms? What is it that gives the ancients these powers? I think there must be levels of connectedness because hmm. um, we, like you see, like the ancients share. I mean, it's a ba- it's a it's a classic sci-fi hive mind where memories are stored. It's like the cloud. Um, yeah. Memories are stored amongst them all, so you can take one off the server for a moment, mm-hmm. uh, copy it over to a new hard drive or body, sure, and then reconnect to the uplink. I guess is the reupload to the cloud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my that's my the way I can process that information. I feel like um, it's well. I feel like it's he's an ancient, right? And then he just discovered upon this way to lock himself out of their collective mind Mm -hmm. and when through doing so it's like basically they're all on one they're all on station 11.2 and he decided to switch his radio to 11.4 and he's on his own radio station but everything he makes is attuned to that radio station that's how they keep in contact Hmm. so that's why the other masters or the other ancients can't access anything else because they're stuck on that radio station they're stuck on one frequency and he alone has the ability to shield his thoughts from the other ancients yeah and it might have been i don't know how it might have been through his ability to switch bodies or switching into a different kind of body because they all seem like they've been in the same bodies yeah it seems like they've never done a body switch but it also seems like 
this particular ancient, the master, was uh, banished by the other ancients. He was living by himself without a ton of food out in deep in the wilderness. And you have to wonder if maybe he had already crossed the other ancients and that's why he's got this like fixation on being in charge and ruling the world. And he's already in that like really decrepit body. Yeah. Um, that would make sense, I guess. Like, it would explain, like, why he's out there when the ancients seem to have pretty good control. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're, they're, they're still living underground and everything, but they got a nice little chamber set up with, like, custom, like, chains and Yeah, custom chains! Areas. Why wouldn't you want that? <laughs> um, but I think that there is also, um, because we were saying before, how deep does the tel- telepathy go in Strigoi? Yeah. I think that there is a base telepathy to any um any worm a- any worm because the worms in theory are what's auto- ultimately controlling each Chirgoy. sure um and e- even just looking at uh in this episode Icor stands over Kelly mm-hmm. and he says rise he's not he doesn't like touch her or like do anything and only she gets up Mm-hmm. No one else. So, like, clearly there's some kind of basic telepathy there where he can either just talk to one of them instead of all of them. Right. I feel like it's... it's The levels of worms are based on... If you get a worm directly from the master, he's able to unlock more abilities for you. If you get a worm from other things, they need him to activate them personally because Kelly met with the master, remember? Yeah. She met mm-hmm. with him personally and that's how she became different from the rest of them. That's how Icurst was able to uh, bring her into more of a conscious state. But then anyone that's from... I, I Like, I have a feeling the master turned Icurst and then his worms are kind of what's infected everyone up until this point. Because hmm. I don't think... I, I, and that would make more sense now if we're thinking about it because... Um, the master killed that one guard in the first episode of the series because he had the master's worms in him. Oh, that so adds the, an extra an entra- extra interesting wrinkle to it. He didn't want that. He didn't want to turn him into a stragoy. He didn't want him to survive. Maybe. Huh. Well, that's kind of twofold, Stephen, because that that is a potential plot point. But also, it was too early for Strigoi to start popping up. He hadn't even gotten into the city yet. He didn't want anyone to get tipped off. Yeah. It had to start slowly. That too. So he chose the ones on the plane. Yeah. And then anyone who spawned from who the Master's turn is just a normal idiotic brain one. But the ones who the Master chose and infected, they resumed their normal daily lives for a while. And True. then even after they were turning, they still had some level of consciousness, unlike these other guys who, when, like, even look at Felix, like, he couldn't really hold on to his consciousness at all as he was turning. Yeah, was he turned and he was, like, animal. gone. And I saw Felix is now in True Detective. I saw a preview and I was like, well, it's Felix. Oh, good to see him. Uh, before we continue and before we, we talk all about uh, Satrakian and Vaughn and the offer that he was made by the Ancients and we get even deeper we already immediately jumped into like super technical, super nerdy, <laughs> which I love. But before we do that, you know, you're right. Yeah. I'd like to ask you a very important question, Matt. Me? A question? A question. Please. So, you know, After Buzz, you know, shows like The Strain cost a lot of money sure. to make. And it costs a lot of money to keep After Buzz open. So we got to really appreciate our sponsors who help us out here at After Buzz. And, you know, the question I have for you, does driving matter to you? 
It matters to me. It matters to me a whole lot. I wouldn't be able to get anywhere without driving. Yeah, I need Ex- my car to live. Exactly. There's over 4 million miles of road in the U.S. to find out. That's a lot of ground to cover. A lot of highways, freeways, wrong ways, and long ways. They're all there waiting to be driven on. So do you take that left turn at Albuquerque or just keep going? I take the left turn at Albuquerque. Every time. Obviously, every, every time. time. Do you wake up early Sunday morning for a drive before the traffic does? Or do you yes. take that long, winding road home for a change? If driving matters to you, just get out and drive. Why? Because driving matters. Thanks again, Mazda. Wow. See, that's why I love Mazda, is they ask the real questions that are going to keep me up at night. I want to know which ways do you like. I like the long ways, personally. Uh, I In also LA, they're all the long They're all way. the long ways. I also, really quickly, uh, go to iTunes, rate and review the show. It's the best way to support us here, and you get a great shout-out here on the show when you do. And we do this show live, folks. This show, we record it live on YouTube every single Monday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you want to watch live and chat with us, tweet with us at hashtag ABTV the strain, or sorry, hashtag ABTV strain, or on YouTube in the comments section, you can do that. So Monday nights, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Come chat with us all about the strain. We can't wait to hear all your amazing theories. All right, so Satrakian, he is still, he's really, really broken up about the fact that the Master is I'm really, really broken up, man. Yeah. Uh, We had the Master. We had him outside. And I could have stabbed him because the point of my blade was touching him. But I really wanted to say, in the name of all that is holy! And I gave him the time he needed to run away. It's Look, real man, sad. It's for not him. a. It's not a good revenge death if you don't yell about it before you draw to draw the killing blow. N- yell about it after when he's a smoking charred ruin. I, I've lived all my life waiting for the moment to say a sarcastic quip before driving my silver blade <laughs> into his body. I practiced it in the mirror every night before I went to sleep between the ages of 25 and 45. If that's really what he was going for, he didn't really succeed in it being sarcastic at all. (laughs) I wanted to look cool in front of the head of the CDC. (laughs) He's not the head of the CDC for the last time. Guys, it's cool. He's the head of the CDC. He'll protect us from everything. You're right. It wasn't sarcastic. It was very sincere in the name of all that is holy. But he uh, he explores where the master went down after after uh, he was in the sun, and he is intercepted by Vaughn and the Daywalkers, uh, who are not Daywalkers, but... Well, they are Daywalkers. Like, they are vampires who walk around in the daytime. Sure. Okay, fine. They're Daywalkers. <laughs> uh, and he is kidnapped by them, and we get to catch up with Gus, who I guess has just been living underground with the Daywalkers. Uh, <laughs> He's for- their errand boy, and they're like, we need a pack of smokes. Right. <laughs> for- but, it's two, but it's two in the afternoon. Right. So how long has it been since the first season? I feel like it's been like two weeks, maybe? It Within the, the universe? Yeah. Like, in-universe? Um, maybe. Maybe not, not, not even? Yeah, maybe not even that long. They, it was enough that they've... The city is sort of... Uh, I'd say it's been a week. Hatches, but they are now in their own little base. Right. With enough time to gather supplies and, like, be home... I feel like they've been there for at least a, I feel a like, little bit. I feel like it's just been a few days, because if you really think about it, uh, it doesn't seem like Zach has had a chance to really mourn yet. Mm-hmm. So he he may be within the week of when it left off. Plus, yeah. they're still welding the place shut. In two weeks, they could have had that all shut because the last season took place within a matter of days in the last part of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, 
But at the same time, I wonder if it took longer because Zach, like, he feels like a completely different person now that his mom's dead. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. It's almost like you look him in the face and you don't even recognize him. He just he 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 couldn't look himself in the mirror anymore. Mm. He, he needed he needed a change. He needed a to, change. To deal. Sure, it's a different kid, <laughs> different kid actor. Recasting. Um, yeah, and so uh, before we get into that, let's just talk Satrakian. So he's taken by Vaughn, and he meets the ancients, uh, and it is confirmed for him for the, for the first time that there is a book that has the secret to killing. All the vampires, uh, and it's called what the Ocula, Oculi Lumen, something like it was Lumen, Oxia Lumen, yeah, Oximin Lumen, Oxia Lumen, Oxia Lumen. You can look it up on the internet. Sounds like the the Eye of Light or the Light Eye or something like that in Latin, and. Uh, yeah, he had no idea that it actually was real, but the the ancients all freaked out a little bit when he mentioned it, so that means that it is real. Yeah, um, they, they do not have a Israel. good poker face. Yeah, Israel. And and they uh, they have enlisted Satrakian to uh, take care of the master. All they ask is that they let he lets them know before, uh, before he delivers the killing stroke, for whatever reason. And uh, here's my big question of the episode, because uh, here's my biggest issue, the thing that to me is holding the strain back from being a truly great series instead of just being a good series with some great episodes, is sometimes the characters behave bafflingly stupidly, and I do not understand why Satrakian is keeping this a secret from the rest of the team? Why isn't he letting them know that the that the other masters, that the other ancients are here, that they have enlisted them in their quest to take care of the master, that they're on the same side? Why and why isn't he telling them that there's this book out there? Because yeah. he's the head of the CDC. That's he won't. Not he won't like it. Um, no, I don't think he wants to because I think he'll take them up on their offer. Like what? I think, I think if he tells them, they're going to be like, "Okay, great, let's work with them." And Strachan doesn't want to work with them; he wants to kill all of them. And he wants to kill the master. He doesn't want. He doesn't want their plan to get in the way of his revenge. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think he he doesn't want to work with them at all. I think he if he if he tells them, they're going to force him to work with them. Hmm. I mean, it's an interesting thing to have to come up against is that. Uh, you, so he he's been under the assumption that like he just has to kill all Strigoi. That Strigoi inherently are the ones destroying the world, right? Because he's been only really privy to the master and his disciples, but now faced with a bigger group that is all that is the thing that he hates, but also is against the person that he hates. Mm-hmm. It's a conflicting thing. Now his. That conflict is somewhat put aside when he watches them brutally murder a guy in chains naked in front of them. And not just, like, suck his blood and put the worms in and whatever. They, like, dance around him, slapping him and scratching him. It, taking turns, just ripping him apart. It's it's really creepy, and I was trying to think of like why, mm-hmm. like why they would have like needed to to slice up his back. I think it must be like the vampire equivalent of like tenderizing the meat. It's oh. like you're pumping adrenaline into his system by cutting him. Yeah, the fear. Oh, and then they eat the brain. 
So, you know, it might activate something in the brain to make it more tasty and stuff. Yeah, it just a- it activates the adrenal glands. It gets into the bloodstream. And ta- this is it's... like the vampire version of seasoning? Yeah. Oh, God. But it's natural seasoning. It's, it's, it's why meat tenderizing. I mean, they, like the meat. they do it with animals in, like, Peking duck and stuff is prepared by creating pain in the duck. So the duck can... What? Yeah, that's how Peking duck is made. They... Do- no, don't tell me that. I, I can't eat duck this. again. Yeah. Uh, well, you just saw a guy ripped to shreds on the strain and you're... Okay. I'm mourning my peaking duck. I feel like... I'm mourning all the ducks that I've I'm eaten. I'm going be, to be poor in ducks. denial. I don't believe it. This, uh, the, ma- the, the ancients tearing apart this dude reminded me of the Dexter panel when I was on it when we tore apart the finale and how bad it was. <laughs> um, so, Satrakian, obviously, he's got this now secret mission and he's not telling anyone about it. Uh, I'm wondering, so he... he this chair is comfy. He gets everyone to go to this storage locker supposedly to pick up supplies, but it's just to pick up these old notebooks, lots of notes. Do you think that that's uh, about figuring out why the Master wasn't immediately killed in sunlight, or is it about finding the true book that kills the vampires? I think it's both. Hmm. I think after their encounter, he realized that he doesn't know as much as he thought he did, and sometimes you have to go to the past to figure out how to defeat the future. Like, I'm sure if you look at... If you look at the scene, the first scene we see in the beginning, I'm sure there's a hint there to his weakness. Like, even if, like, we're not going to realize it now, but especially the master talking about, hey, bring me my loam. Like, you need to go get the loam back. I have a feeling it has something to do with that. Well, the loam is, is populated with master worms. The loam is populated with master worms, so that's one thing. But I think it ultimately comes down to kids. He's obsessed with kids. He loves kids. Zach is going to be the key. I, I don't think so. oh, what, but, well, if Zach is who he's looking at as his new vessel. Oh, my God, that makes so much sense because he loves kids. And he could be the son of the head of the CDC. Stop it. Um, but where, like, if you think about, like, where the, uh, the Gollum master mm-hmm. um, was frail and, like, dying because he was so little. So, of course, he is going to want a body that is massive and, like, with Strigoi healing and everything mm-hmm. is, like, in peak condition. Yeah, but my question is, if you if a Strigoi turns into a child, I don't think the child grows anymore. No. Well, but what I'm saying is, I, that, that, I don't think that's his issue. I think that the, like, the frail golem, like, wanted to be powerful, physically powerful and physically big and feel safe because of size. But this, but if... If the memories that were still in Yusef, or, like, from Yusef that carried over, made him really, like, love, like, children and think of children as Mm -hmm. the future, he's going to see his future, like, he's going to just have an intrinsic, like, natural desire to just go for kids and then, so, pick his next vessel as a kid. I don't think, uh, I don't think the kids are as interesting as we think they are, to be perfectly honest. I think... I mean, even in the beginning, it says he was taking the kids. I feel like he was just eating the kids. Well, he um, was just eating the kids, but when he was alive, he had great kindness towards children in particular. I know, but that's that's not him. That's I don't think Yusuf. that was a throwaway line. Right. That was Yusuf. But if you recall, <clears throat> Stephen, last season, they said when you become a Strigoi, you go and you kill the thing that you love. It, it, like, makes you turn on the thing that you love 
completely. So it would pervert his love for children into a hunger for children and potentially to be a child. I don't know. I see merit in what you're saying, Zach, but I also understand your point, Stephen, that, you know, it still maybe doesn't I think if he's going to be If he's, he's going to take anybody, I'd say uh, Kevin Durant's body is like the the prime suspect of who he would want out of that group. I don't know. I don't think he's going to go for Fett's body because he doesn't know Fett like that. And he's already been a giant. He knows what it's like to be big. I don't know. <laughs> I, I understand, you know, it's two two birds with one stone because you're getting rid of a powerful foe at the same time. But I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I think he's more likely to just kill Vasily than... Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the Master and Ikorist and Palmer uh, before we jump into F and Fett and Zach and everybody. Uh, so, uh, Master, obviously his, his body is deteriorating, and he tasks Ikorist with f- uh, helping him plan his revenge and his succession. And we've now talked a little bit about who maybe might take over. I thought maybe Kelly might take over. But I guess she's now... She's already a Strigoi and you need to turn someone who's still alive, right? I think so. I think that has to be... It seems like the qualification. Okay. Um, so Eichhorst and Palmer have just put down a down payment on a massive building out in the Bronx in Throg's Neck. That has great drainage. Great drainage that could uh, deal with a lot of liquid waste. What do we think? Is that blood? Is that Strigoi white blood? Is it your white Putting it inside <laughs> the water supply? Um, no, because the drain doesn't necessarily go to the water supply. Mm-hmm. But it, it, blood doesn't make sense either because they would be drinking the blood. Right. Huh. It's confusing. Unless it's an af- like some sort of byproduct we just don't know about yet. It's possible. But in the process... Palmer, he's, as usual, he's just pissed off that the Master isn't giving him the time of day, and ever since he's gotten a little bit of the Master's white in him, he's getting too bold, okay? He's acting like a big shot. Just because he's able to walk around semi-healthy doesn't mean that he's a big shot. But, feeling like a big shot, he sees a lovely French lass name of Coco Marchand, and he becomes creepily obsessed with her, even though we all know Vampires cannot have sex. Their dicks fall he's off. He's not a vampire. <laughs> yes, he is, though. No, he's not. What is he? He's just got the master's healing abilities. That's it. He just... The he's master, still completely human. He's still completely human. 100% oh, yeah, that human. Was the, that was the end of the last season, huh? Yeah. Oh, so now... Wow. Yeah. Or is he just one of the guys on delay? I don't know. If he's on delay, he still has his his stuff there. Hey, guys, yeah. I'm sorry, but I have to do this. I'm in love with the oh, for God's sake. Put that away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's just like creepily into her, and he's like, I'll pay you triple your salary. Come work for me in a personal, in a personal fashion. Uh, and he's like continuing to shore himself up as the savior of the city. Uh, he's written a blank check to the city and they can use as much of his money as they want to rebuild, which is a very nice thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's effectively making his enemies like he's keeping them under his boot. Mm-hmm. It's the, it, it's a very good strategy. Yeah. Because now if he needs any, like, seemingly random 
favor from the mayor's office, let's mm-hmm. say, like, well, you know, I did just lend you like a billion dollars, right? You could just you could give me the rezoning so I could pump this drainage directly into the water supply for a little while. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's. Yeah, he's he's definitely though he's still hurting over the betrayal of uh, the guy, his assistant played by Roger Cross last season, um, yeah. and uh, I'm wondering if he wants Coco for that position or for that position with for benefits. To hug. Yeah, because he's the first, he's healthy for the first time potentially in his life. Yeah. In you know, a long time, so in a very long time, so maybe he's looking to be in love with the Coco. And why not? Why not uh, Coco? She's a weird uh, conundrum where she loves baseball, is passionate about the Red Sox, but speaks only her name in a French accent. She grew up in France. Her dad was a Red Sox fan. Uh, Has shed all other signs of the accent. Yeah. Speaking of. Yes. Speaking of Eichhorst, though, did you guys see that video that FX put out of him uh, with his lair as an Airbnb? No. It's a great sketch what? featuring Eichhorst, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, since the master has been uh, was has been dispatched, I've had to look for another source of income and employment, so I converted my, my kill cave. Eichhorst? Yeah. And oh uh, it's hysterical, and I highly encourage everybody to go check that Do out. Do amenities online. include a, a, a chain in a nice bathroom sized torture chamber? I don't want to spoil a single thing. You'll love it. It's hysterical. Um, all right, so they're they're up to no good. They've got some kind of plan that involves uh, a lot of drainage, that involves super blind children, uh, a succession. We don't know who he's going to pick, and. Can, can I just say, though, the master in this episode, burnt master, is way more intimidating than old than master. Last season's master. Last season's master was just like like a weird jellyfish. It was a weird, creepy Muppet. He was just like a bat Muppet. Yeah. And, yeah, with all the burns and, like, all the creepy goo and stuff, it was great. But, yeah, now it's like, yeah, that's the head of these creepy The CDC, Stragoi. yeah. Um, let's, if he uh, wanted the job, he could have it. I know. Let's talk about F. F. I I like almost hate saying this, but F is immediately more interesting now that he's drinking again. <laughs> immediately, and it's oh my god, it's such a relief. Look, I, I only just stopped drinking for because the divorce. Yeah, he's drinking a Dead lot, a and he's making lots of excuses. Classic alcoholic. Um, My but, wife's dead, so I can drink again. Yeah. I'm the head of the CDC, damn it. Damn it. His nihilism is uh, is a great addition to this, because it's, like be- it's much better than just being like a stuffed shirt fuddy-duddy. At least he's like he's really swinging for the fences with this character, and I feel like Corey Stoll gets more to do because of it. Uh, everybody's a little on edge living with each other. F and Fett are have reached like a comfortable, easy equilibrium where they're both like, you know, if we weren't in the situation, I would hate you. But you know, <laughs> we have to protect each other. Uh, F and Dutch are like getting stepping on each other's toes, getting on each other's nerves. Zach is throwing knives at the wall because he blames dad for shooting mom. That was a good throw. That was a really good throw. Also, I have to back him on this. Uh, he that is he should be practicing. Yeah. yeah, that's a useful skill. It is a useful skill. 
silver, you throw silver knives, you could kill some Strigoi that way. Yeah. You could kill one Strigoi with that knife yeah, at a time. Yeah, but if you've got a bunch of them on you. Yeah, you cover yourself in knives. He could be Zack the Little Knife Boy. And you never know when you're just, it's going to be one. It, it only takes one. I know he has a point, and I know it's just good acting, but I just wanted to punch that kid in the face. You know, like him. A lot of people are, are really ragging on this kid. But it's not, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's just like, of course this kid's going to be whiny and annoying. His mom is sick, and his dad shot her, and he doesn't want to admit that she's dead. And it's like, it's a hard place for any kid to be. I mean, we've yeah. all been through that time in our life. Sure. When my mom was turning into a vampire, I was awful. I was yeah. awful. I could not appreciate my bar mitzvah one bit. I got over it fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah, one uh, shot's all it took. Yeah. Nora is real pissed and real passive-aggressive about the fact that F <laughs> is drinking again. She she hates it. Hates it. I mean, he is an alcoholic and also, uh, like, very important person when you're getting a, like, all your soldiers are important when you're getting attacked by armies of vampires. Yeah, I am impressed that it hasn't really, aff- the drinking hasn't affected his aim at all. Nora has perfect aim, and he has like, pretty good aim, even though he's drinking. Was he drinking yeah. at that place, though? He wasn't drinking when they were at the, the medical f- uh, facility, but he seems to drink all day long. I mean, what are you gonna do when you can... I mean, day drink. That's that's the that's the way to do it. That's when you got to fight them do. at night. Yeah, it's true. Um, I like the scene between him and Dutch where she's making some kind of art and he's drinking out of the she's top. She's not of making a... art, Matt. What is she making? Is that what you thought it was? I don't know. You might be right because I thought it was because you know I was thinking, oh my god, look at these flimsy freaking metal things they're putting up. How is that going to keep anything out? They're and electrified. That's what she was working on, though, I thought. No, Fett already had the thing that he was soldering together was electrified. Um, oh, wow. I thought at I first, yeah, he, he had the uh, the clamps with leads on it coming off, and then he was also soldering. Um, I know, but the thing that she was at looked like electrodes. It looked like she was that was what she was doing. She was trying to electrify the whole thing. Well, she said she had no idea what it was and that she would know when she was done. Uh, at the time, I still thought that it was meant for some kind of use, but then by the end of the conversation, she's talking about how, uh, oh god, what's the exact quote? It's like, art, art is useless, and, and, uh, dark deeds are, you know, grander or more oh, fun. Oh yeah, cause I, I, I heard that line and I'm like, oh, I bet the writer's just patting his back on for that one. Right. Well, I think she was making art, cause it's just like, you gotta pass the time somehow. Yeah. I mean, but that was what spurred his thought about, like, using biological warfare, basically. Yeah. To kill the... The Strigoi. Yeah, to kill it's the... an interesting thought, worms. No, it, I think it's a brilliant thought, because he's absolutely right. Like, Nora's laying out all the possible avenues, and he's like, all of our patients are already dead. There's nothing to be done for them. All we can do is infect the worms and try to kill off the worms so that no one else gets infected. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically, very it's, smart. it's how they ended. Uh, what is that movie called? World War Z. War of the Worlds. No, World War Z. Where I mean, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling this terrible, terrible movie for you. Um, but they find out that the cure to zombieism is you just infect the human race with a disease, and then the zombieism won't go near the blood cells. 
It's like they give everyone cancer and uh, we're all saved. Yeah. Oh, so it's kind of like saved. that. I think they're just trying to figure out something that, you know, once the worms enter the body, something in your bloodstream that you're infected with is more dangerous and kills the worms or just doesn't or just prevents the worms from wanting to attack yourself. Hmm. Thus preventing you from becoming a stregoi. Stregoi. It's a good strategy. I'm, I'm excited to see where, where they go with all this. I feel like they've set up a lot of compelling elements right here off the top. Those kids were oh, just so awful and creepy. That Oh, the all, blind kids? Yeah. I like that they're doing that. Um, I like that they're going for it. Because yeah. you, you, you look at a lot of these other zombie movies and even video games and things like that, and it's like, based on what you were in real life, when you turn into a zombie, you have other aesthetics. It's like the bodybuilders in, uh, what is it, Left for Dead, become like the big hulking mass kind of guys and things like that. And now you have these blind kids who see through other perceptions... So now they become these Strigoi who can see through things that not the common eye can see through. And they call them feelers. I mean, I like that. I like the concept that you can take something that enhances your senses as a human and it triply enhances your senses when you turn into a Strigoi. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's real cool. I mean, what this episode did, like, super well is just be creepy, be scary. Mm -hmm. Like, this is... This is horror television at like some of its finest. Like it's it's a little bit frightening to watch. Like don't watch this alone in the middle of the night. I like yeah. I like have nightmares. Two scenes though outside of the the F story with uh with the the daywalker guy, Vaughn, mm-hmm. when who are you? I'm Vaughn. Bam, black bag him. And then they're in the then he meets up with Gus and they're talking to each other and they're just bickering and Vaughn just is just like shut up, let's go. Yes, yeah. everything that the audience is thinking. Yeah, I, I feel like they they took a lot of the criticism from season one and are really trying to make this show leaner and meaner in season two. And I really appreciate the effort because there is a great show in the DNA of this one. And I feel like it's just like a few tweaks need to be made to really get us there. Yeah. Oh well, what we saw, and I won't like we'll we'll save it for the uh, the predictions <laughs> and spoiler wall there. But like what we saw in the <clears throat> this season on. I didn't preview. even see that. Oh, it looks nuts. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll sure. talk about it. Okay. Um, once we get through that. Uh, well, do we have anything else that we want to talk about before um, we I move mean, on? Let's, let's talk about the raid on the on the thing. First of all... Oh, yeah, on the uh, security, on the storage container. Yeah, first of all, you don't remember the number. You remember it by look. But come on, like, everything looks the same there. I'm surprised they could even find it. But ah, he, I don't have a memory for numbers. I only have a memory... For revenge! And red doors! <laughs> red doors are... Speak to me. No, so they find these two people in them, and it's funny how they tie the stories together that are going on outside of them when they're like, we have a daughter, but she is, uh, she's at this exclusive school. She's, she's impaired. And I'm like, oh, they're parents of one of the feelers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm like, yay, they have two pieces of fodder with them, so somebody can die, but not one of the main characters. And what I mean, what they ended up doing was way more interesting than just killing them anyway. Like yeah. they got them infected, and now they're basically going to become guinea pigs, test subjects. We got to figure out this cure, baby. He jumped to that pretty quick, though. I was like, "That's cold, man." It's like, "No, take him. We we, we need him because we're going to use them as human test subjects." He's a cold dude. I now. mean, look, he probably as soon as they thought of that idea, I'm mm-hmm. sure his like 
it's standard procedure. Like, what's the first thing you have to do? You have to find a way to test out the like the, what you're going to do, and, and or just something to research from. And yeah. he like thinks, well, we don't have a Strigoi on hand. That's where the only research would be. So he's already thinking like in the back of his head, where are we going to get one? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, these two are easily transportable for the next like twenty minutes. Yeah, let's see if let's we can get move. them back and try to get some blood samples out of them before they don't have any blood left. Yeah. Seriously. All right. I think it is time for predictions. Predictions. Buzz TV predictions. 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 So you didn't watch the thing, Matt, the season premiere? or uh, the, the, This season on? No, because I watched it on FX now, and they don't they don't play that. Well, the biggest thing I saw was I saw Dutch attached to Icurst's little chain thing in that room. <gasps> And I was like, what? Oh, snap. I mean, the big thing that they showed in that was, like, besides that, was the, like, military, like, some people in military garb um, with, like, rifles and everything killing Strigoi. So I have to imagine that we're finally going to get, like, either National Guard or mm-hmm. maybe it's a private army from somewhere. Who knows? But some group, some military group is going to come in and be fighting Oh, Strigoi, my God. Which sounds awesome. Zach. Zach. I just thought of something. What? Tell us. So, you know how I cursed, er, no, Stoneheart guy? Yeah, Palmer. Palmer. He's providing aid so they can afford more help. Mm-hmm. He's trying to bring the military to New York. He's trying to bring them all there so he can take take them over. Turn them all into Strigoi. Turn and them have, all into Strigoi. And have and the give tanks them... and have their own army. Yeah, give them all enough Ooh. enough uh, master worms that they have access to all their paramilitary skills the same way that the day- daywalkers do. I mean, yeah. if you have the army, c- if you have the army come into that storage room, and then you just fill the beginning with water and worms, and then drain it, you got. All of them are infected post-haste. Hmm. I mean, that's a good... It's a fun prediction. I yeah. like that. That's cool. That's a, that'd be a twisted way for it to go. Um, but yeah, but I just but I just like the uh, the idea of like this becoming like a bigger battle type of a show where it's like a war. Like, yeah. Because that's what it is, really. This is a war. Guys, when, oh when, is Corey Stoll going to shave his head, quote unquote? When is the hawk going to fly off his head? <laughs> yeah, when is when is F going to shave his head? Because that's the whole reason why they gave him a wig, is so that at some point in the show, he can meaningfully shave his head. Come on. Maybe he'll get a worm in his hair and be like, oh! Maybe. He just rips off his entire head of hair. Yeah. And the worm goes <laughs> oh. away with it. Oh, and it was a, it was a wig the entire wig. time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll do it like as a, uh, I don't know. Never mind. I don't know. Because his wife doesn't have hair, so he'll like do it to be with her. No, she's still got yeah. some hair out there. She's Let me it, see. What do I think? I really like Zach's theory about young Zach being the succession choice, uh, the succession body. That, to me, makes a lot of sense. Um... I God, I hope it's not Palmer. Would be such a dumb choice, so it won't be Palmer. It'd be too obvious. Uh, it wouldn't what change the situation. What enough. if it's Coco? What, could, what if it's Coco Marchand? I mean, I actually, when she walked in, that was one of my first thoughts. Was like, now that would be an interesting twist if the ma- if it would be if it becomes a lady master. I would love it if it's a lady master. I think that that's a that's a cool choice. I don't. After we spent some more time with that 
character, I don't necessarily think that that's the right choice. I think Coco Marchand is something for the Master to change and then take control of Stoneheart once he gets rid of Palmer. Palmer. Hmm. Basically, she can work through him. Possible. Because Palmer is problematic. I like the alliteration. Thank you. Any other predictions? Uh, no. Who do you think the first main character to die this season will be? If, you know, if it wasn't in the this season on thing, I would say Dutch. But... Because it's on there, you think it's too obvious? Yeah, I think it's too obvious because it's on there. Gus right now doesn't really serve a purpose, but since he's not connected to the main cast, they won't kill him either. Honestly, sadly, it'll be Satrakian. It'll be Satrakian yeah. towards the end of the season. I, I think I don't want it to be Satrakian. It would be, but Satrakian or I was gonna say or Vasily, but I don't think so. No, I think Sean Astin's character is gonna die. <laughs> no, Very but funny. really, no, but really, I think that um, I think it's gonna be Nora. Yeah, that makes sense uh, too. Because that's the only thing they can pull F out of his own ass. Hmm. Yeah, if he gets Nora killed, possibility, and especially like once she creates this like Strigoi virus, she effectively would have served her purpose, like, purpose on the uh, just from a TV writing perspective, sure. like she would have served her purpose. Oh man, you know what it's going to be then? It's going to be they discover the the thing that'll kill them or whatever, and put it. And Nora wants to practice use it on herself. Nora uses it on herself and takes a takes a bite for Zach from his own mom. Oh wow! And it, it's what kills his own. Or mom. it can only be transmitted if a, a human has it first. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't know. Did you guys think that uh, that the master in the beginning of this episode had like a ball sack under his chin? No. The red thing under his mouth. Like, oh, you mean how it was like bulging? Yeah, it kind of looked like a ball sack. Didn't look like a ball sack to me. All right, guys, that's going to be the show for today. <laughs> I hope that you had a great time with us. I know that we had a great time talking to you. Please go to iTunes, rate and review the show. Leave us a comment on the YouTube, like and subscribe. We will be back next Monday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So why don't you watch us live and chat with us? Zach, where can the people find you? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that's in the chat room. Uh, one lot of this one, Michael Diaz, Sylvia Love, Ghost8386, Aaron Mace. Uh, all you guys, if I miss anybody, thank you all for watching. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. And uh, immediately after this, if you're a Dominion fan, me and Jackie Borowski, she's uh, coming to the studio late to join, and we're going to be talking Dominion. Cool. Very cool. Steven. You guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Join me on the Graceland after show Thursday this week, as well as, uh, what's that show we do? Killjoys. Sundays. That's fun. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up right now. Literally take your mouse, move it over the thumbs up, and click on the thumbs up. And that will give us a thumbs up. Yeah. Super. Uh, you know, I haven't been around much at AfterBuzz TV lately, but I'm doing two shows right now. I'm doing this one. I'm also doing Ray Donovan on Showtime. Both shows tape on Monday, uh, so you can have those podcasts if you want to listen to me. If you want to find more of me, go to SourceFed, SourceFed Nerd on YouTube, or to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Matt Lieberman. Thank you all so much. See you next week. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz in the name of all that is holy. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.